0: To all of you listeners of this great station, this is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. I'm going to speak about Pesach. This Friday night, you'll be sitting at a seder with your family and probably leading the seder as a father or a grandfather this is a unique opportunity for all of us to show our family the greatness and awesome power of the of the when we read the haggadah and that will strengthen the imuna in the family unfortunately some people read the haggadah routinely i may be translated in english or arabic or any other language go on with the supper there's nothing you have. that is not adequate for such a great night and if you don't do it right you're missing a precious opportunity to capture the interest of your children you are missing an opportunity to impress upon them the greatness of Hashem basically the Haggadah is made up of three parts first part talks about the importance of itziat misraim, how important it is to us the second part actually the sipur is the the actual story of itziat Misraim. and the last part is the halil which is praises to akadosh baruchu for doing whatever you know it did for us in order to free us from the yoke of the egyptians the first the first part you no know, the importance of isiat misraim, that's what we, we, we talk about uh, when they, We're talking about to recall Isiat Misraim at nights, of course during the day and at night. Three hundred and sixty five days a year. That's how important it is. And where do we do that? In Kriyat Shema. We do that. And then it tells us about the story of the Hachamim. They were together all night long, talking and expounding about the Hiseyat Misraim until the Talmidim came and said, hey, it's daybreak already. You have to say Kriyat Shema. This is the importance of Yeshiyat Mitzrayim. Actually, Yeshiyat Mitzrayim is mentioned in the Torah dozens of times, in different contexts. Even in the days of the Mashiach, some opinions say that we'll be recalling Yeshiyat Mitzrayim. But remember, we're talking about Zechirat Yeshiyat Mitzrayim right now. We're talking about to recall, to remember. We are remembering it. The night of Pesach is not enough just to remember ISIAT Misraim. The night of Pesach, there is a special obligation to tell the entire We have an obligation to tell the story to our children and grandchildren. Tell them. Basically, how we were slaves for many years, the Kadosh took us out from there. Biyat Hazaka, how Hashem brought us the, the Temakos on Misraim. And here, in the case of the Makot, where you as a father or a grandfather have an obligation from the Torah to relate the story, to expound on the story. And not just to read it, if you can, and you should, you should show excitement, enthusiasm, yeah. eagerness to tell the story in order to impress upon the minds and the hearts of your children how Hashem punished the Egyptians in various different ways, and how He freed the, his, his treasured nation from the yoke of misraim which is the B'nai Israel don't be stingy with the words talk talk and talk some more this is the time when your children will remember what you say. saying they may not remember the that much what they ate and the supper or whatever but they will remember how you acted and told them the story be an actor if you have to as a matter of fact it says so yeah a person has the obligation to show as if he himself he himself left Egypt imagine the excitement, the joy of the Ibn Yisrael when they left Egypt for centuries they were slaves and now they're free people imagine we're supposed to show something like that of course there are hundreds of ways to expand on the subject of Israel Let me just give you some example. The Haggadah speaks about the ten makot, the ten blows, ten plagues that Hashem brought upon the Egyptians. Why? Obviously, the objective is to force Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to send away the Bnei Israel. Let them free. Let them go. Well, if that's the only purpose, why do we have to bring ten of them? Now, Baal can bring one, but make it take longer. The way it's described by Hazal is that each Makkah was, was for one week, for seven days. Then for three weeks, there was nothing. Rest. Then next Makkah, again one week, and then rest and so on. So that this thing took took almost almost a year. Why do we have to do that? Why could not Kadosh Baruch bring one? Mak- Let's say for example, Makat Barad. Barad is the hail, but it's not the hail we see every day over here. We're talking about blocks of ice mixed with fire, and here we see a Nes betoknes, a miracle within a miracle. You have fire and water together, usually that, you know, they don't go together. But this is, Hashem can do anything. Right? So let HaKadosh Baruch Hu make that for a month or two. And obviously they won't be able to withstand it anymore. They can't bear it. No one can go outside. No one can use the hostage to go outside. They're going to die too. Can't go to the grocery store and buy something or the supermarket to buy anything. There's nothing you can do. They starve. So obviously at some point, they're gonna say, okay, go out, right? But Hashem did not want to do that. He did a different way. He brought 10 different makot. Must be a reason for that. And actually there is. Now, think about it. The Bnei is, the whole purpose of Isiat Mistrime is at the end of seven weeks after that, it's Kabbalat Torah. Isiat without Kabbalat Torah, it's not much, it's not worth much. The whole thing is to get the Torah. So, how is it that the Bnei Israel are going to hear that they're now? They have to do six hundred and thirteen commandments from Hashem. I mean, someone says to you, "You are obligated to do seven hundred and thirty commandments." If the, you know that someone has to be <laughs> uh, uh, someone that you respect very, very much, or, or you have awe from him. So Hashem wants to show to the Bnei Sal first his power. His, his, uh, and not only over just any people, but power over the kings showing really the greatness of Hashem, the ten blows themselves, the splitting of the sea after that. Why, in order to get a complete emuna in the heart and minds of the people when they have faith in hashem they will accept his 613 commandments so how does that increase the munah by having 10 instead of one very simple hashem wanted to teach a lesson to the bnei isaiah even though these uh, uh ten makot had an objective to punish paro But there's another objective, and that is to teach a lesson to the Bnei Israel. Let me give you an example. There was a mother that had a son that was quite, he was a delicate son, very sensitive. But he was unruly in the class. And the teacher in that class usually slapped the people. He slapped the people, hit them a little, that was the olden days. Nowadays, you can't do that. Anyway, she goes to the uh, rabbi and she says, to him, look, my son cannot, you know, you cannot hurt him. He's a different kind. He cannot, uh, uh, he gets extremely uh, uh, depressed with that. You can't do it. So the rabbi said, so what should I do? He's unruly. Okay, very simple. Take an, uh, Take someone that you know who's also unruly and let him sit next to him. And when you really beat up the other guy, he's going to get scared. He, and he's going to learn his lesson. That's what happened with the Bnei Hashem wanted to give a good beating to the Egyptians while they are watching. Huh, look what they're doing. Imagine you have the hail coming in. And only on the side of Mishraim and on the side of the Bnei Israel, the sun is shining. They're taking their sun bath like nothing happened. Amazing, right? That's, this is increases the remuner. Huh? But now, why ten of them? Because Hashem wants to show to the Bnei Israel that he has power over various different pieces in the world. Them, for example, was for the river. Correct? The river became bloody. became bloody. Hashem wants to show that he controls the rivers and the waters in the world. So far are creatures Sephardia. in, war that, in war that creeps, the frogs. Hashem is showing, you know, even there, I can control them. Kinim, lice from dry land. They brought lice. And then they, you know, it, the, the lice came all over them, on their head and their bodies are of creatures in the forest. Usually wild animals that stay in their habitat in the forest. Hashem said, get out of the habitat, go what They want. He has control over wild animals. Deber. Creatures in inhabited land. He says, Deber, the pest on the animals. Barak uh, controls the weather. Uh, Shaheen controls the human body, boils on a, on a body, of the people our bay hashem controls even the flying flying things controls the space <adelant noise> can bring a wind anytime he wants <laughs> our who our can control the luminaries in heaven the sun he can stop it he can say okay the sun could be shining but only there we're not here Wow, can you imagine? Can you imagine? The sun is shining all over the world, but not in Misraim. Amazing. And finally, Makat bechorot, Hashem controls life and death. Bechorot, And Hashem is not just attacking the lowly. No. He's attacking, why bechorot? Why not the middle guy? We're not the, the youngest guy. Because the Bechor, and the Egyptians, the Bechor was supposed to be the one, supposedly, that is dedicated to their God. <laughs> dedicated to their God. Well, that's the way, to, oh, he's dedicated. Yesterday, so the God is going to somehow help him, right? Save him. Ah, didn't help. And the river. They were buying down to the Nile River. Never got hit. is showing to the B'nai Yisrael things that will really go deep in the heart and strengthen their emuna. Okay, but you know, emuna in general is not something that you can have meal, you know, piecemeal. It, it, it is not. Something like you know, you can buy a pair of tefillin that's three hundred dollars or one that's a thousand dollars, you know, you can you can compromise. There's no compromise in emuna. Either you have emuna one hundred percent or it's not worth anything. A person who has emuna ninety nine percent, he doesn't have emuna. It's gotta be emuna shilema. Ani ma'amin be In fact, the holiday of Pesach. We know has two names, Hagapesa, Hagamasot. The Torah calls it Hagamasot. Perhaps we can add another name to it, Hag That's right. This is the holiday that has uh, sprung up the birth of the nation of of Israel. You know, I heard once uh, a little. Uh, parable about this, uh, uh, this Talmid in Yeshiva. He bought a lottery ticket. And, you know, he went, to, he went over to his Rosh yeshiva. He says to him, Rebbe, I bought a ticket. You think I can win? So the Rosh yeshiva said to him, if you really, really believe 100% in Hashem that you will win, Hashem will help you, you'll win. He was so happy. Yeah, A jackpot of a million dollars. Great. One day before the drawing, the Rosh Hashiva approaches him and he asks him, How much is a jackpot? He says, A million dollars. He say, You know what? I'll give you $250,000 right now. Give me the ticket. So he thinks a minute. He says, What uh, He's not sure. Uh, okay, uh, has him, you know, he's not sure he's gonna he's gonna win, two fifty thousand. You know, he's gonna give it to him right now. So he says it's a deal. So the Rosh Shiva says to him, You see, you did not have a hundred percent If you had a hundred percent, why would you settle for two hundred and fifty thousand when the drawing is a million? That's the thing. emuna Shelema. This is very important. It, there's, an, there's another thing that increases the Emunah. Even by the goyim if you notice, there are three groups, three groupings of the Makot. Uh, three, three, and the other four, three and one, which is Makat bechorot. Why these groupings? Why not uh, instead of three, three, and four, maybe four, three and three, or two, four and four, but obviously Rabbi Yudin had something in mind. And you know, the Hakamim go through quite a few reasons. One, the Maharal says, well, because that's in the Torah, the way they're set up the first two of each group was done with hatra warning. warning go to paro and warn him and you're gonna have dumb. go to paro warning are can to have them but the third one kinim no no hatra same thing with the second group the first two with a warning the third one now and said with the third group interesting so there is some reasoning for the grouping. And there are many other reasons, but I like to explore. Over here, when a Kadush Baruch Hu punishes someone, he does not punish him right away with the highest punishment. He starts with a smaller punishment, then a higher, and then a higher. Give you an example. The parasha we read, the parashat Mitzorah. Mitzorah is a, a tzara. And as you know, there are three types of tzara. There's tarat that comes on the walls in the house, tzara in the garment, the clothing that the person wears, and tzara of the body itself. So, Chazal say that a Baruch Hu first he would bring her out to the person on the wall. If it does not make the shoe, uh, he'll bring it into the garment, which is much closer. If that doesn't help either, then he'll bring it into the body. Okay, there's one thing you could talk also on the Saturday night. And perhaps this is what's happening here. You look at each group and you see a, an increase in uh, in pain and sorrow to the Egyptians. The first group is more or less a big nuisance. You know, dumb, for example. So the river becomes bloody. So they can't drink it. So what happens? They have to buy it from the Jews. Okay, it was a high price, but they can have the water. That's a nuisance. You got to pay for it. So yeah, the frogs are all around. You know, they, they're screaming and this and that. It's a big nuisance. Uh, people don't die from that. Same thing Lice, ah, people have lice. I know in the old country, you know, people had plenty of lice. It wasn't so easy. Nobody dies from that. That's the first group. But the second group is a little bit more of a pain. Right? Are all the creatures roaming around could be fatal sometimes, unless you take care of it. Deba is closer. It's closer now to the body of the of the animals. Shehin is on the boy, on the body of the people themselves. The boils. It's A little closer. It's more painful. And finally, the things that are even greater. Barad. You have hail coming in. No one can go out. You go out. Boom. A person risks death. Arbe. When the locusts come, what happens? There's no food left anymore. They eat everything. People will be starving. starving. Oh, sheik ah, can't even go out. Can't do nothing. You go out, you bump into somebody. You 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 are somehow uh, uh, in, in prison almost in in your own place. And finally, the last one, which is the harshest of all of them, makat bichorot, the killing of the first birth, of the firstborn. These are the things. There is so much you can expound. I can spend another two hours expounding on this, but these are the ideas that you have. The main thing is, you as a father or a grandfather, you should have this. You should take this opportunity, capitalize on it, talk to your children or grandchildren, and talk to them with uh, with feeling bring out emote bring out some emotions because that is what they're going to remember not just okay they remember the story but they will remember more how you tell the story that's very important and as that when you do that i'm sure you'll be successful in having your children so impressed that emuna in them will stay there forever and as we have greater and greater emuna, that will be one way to speed up the coming of the mashiach amen i want to wish you of course all of you and i want to remind you again of this station please do the best where you can help it to, to, to keep on going if you have any simha please can call us at our office at slc i am sure will be able to accommodate any simcha that you have and have a very happy and kosher passover